1: And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, we bring you a story of courage on a safari in Africa. We call it Game Hunt. So now, starring Raymond Lawrence, here is tonight's suspense play, Game Hunt.
2: Charlie see how much farther this bush stretches yes one you and I'll keep on mr. Babson but more slowly seems to me it's been too slow up to now it hasn't been mr. Babson you leave the pace to me
3: the day had begun much the same as other mornings on the safari They had left their base camp deep in the Kenya country before a cloudy dawn broke. Babson, an American businessman, Arcross, a professional hunter, and a semi-educated native tracker whose unpronounceable Maasai name had been simplified to Charlie. During the weeks behind them, there had been no vital call on courage. The game had been fleet of hoof rather than dangerous, and many hides and trophy heads had been gathered without undue incident. But inevitably, a safari such as theirs enters a period when moments of peril will be met. It is the hope of the professional hunter that by this time all the killings of harmless animals will have prepared the amateur for the dangerous game, assured him of his own power, tightened his reflexes so that he will operate correctly and calmly. Oftentimes, it works that way. Arcross, Babson, and Charlie entered this hazardous phase when they started after Lion. Wait, here comes Charlie.
4: Well, he's not far, Warner. Feeding on a zebra in a clearing. He's an ancient one and carries a great black mane.
2: Good. We've worked hard for him. I hope he's worth it. Shell in your chamber. Oh, you think I'm that stupid, Mr. Arcross? Oh, I just wanted to be sure. Oh, all right, all right. Well, can't we go on? The wind is shifting, some Charlie. It will work with us long enough, I think. You think that because you're a lazy beggar and you want to stay on the game trail instead of fighting the bush?
4: No, Bonner. The wind will
2: help us long enough. There, Bonner. Give the hyena a piece of his mind. Why are we waiting? Can't we go on? We'll go on. There's your trophy, a black mane. Oh, he's big. He's a beauty. Uh, can he smell us? Not with that nose full of zebra blood he's got. The wind, Charlie. It holds. You won't be able to take him the way he is, low behind the zebra, batson But he's bound to move before long. Now let's settle into a good position and relax. Right. He's a monster. Lord, look at him, Gorge. He's got a few hundred lazy days behind him, a wife to kill his food, and nothing more than to eat and sleep and grow a fine mane so that he'll look good on somebody's wall. Your wall, Mr. Bedson. I've got the place for him. The sun came up today for him just like every other day. But it's the last sun he'll see thanks to you and Charlie and to me. Why not? We've thought of a lot of the last sunrises, haven't we, Mr Babson? Elan, Kudu, Kongoni, Oryx. No more suns for them. Well, don't you want me to kill him Arcross? no? I'm tired of it. Killing's bad unless it's for food or to save your own life. When I look, the wife is coming. Oh, she's pretty. Careful, Babson, you'll move now a proper one now doesn't want a woman meddling even if it is her kill watch it carefully mr babson he's starting to move take your time he's only chasing the old lady off you come back for his meat but he's moving away he'll be back and give you a good shot as he comes no babson not now, not now. Why did you fire? I hit him, I hit him. You didn't stop him. I hit him well, I know I did. I might have done better if you hadn't been yelling at him. Oh, you'd have done better if you'd listened to me. Your gut shot him. He can live for days or weeks. He
4: goes into the elephant grass over there.
2: Sure, with the nearest place you can think of. Mr. Babson, there's your trophy. He's wounded and he's held up. And he's the most dangerous animal in the world right now. You want to go in after him? No, no, I... I don't know enough about uh, it. You knew enough to fire when I t- told you not to. Well, we've hunted over a week for a good head. That's all I was thinking of when I saw him running away. I wanted him. Uh, right now he wants you, Mr. Benson. Stay here. Charlie and I will go in try and get him. Well, why don't you leave him? He'll die. I know I hit him well. Not well enough. It's against the game laws to leave a wounded animal. And he'll charge any man he sees until he dies. Charlie, mm. run back to the truck, bring my flask, the big one, and the heavy rifle.
3: Courage is defined as that quality of mind which enables one to meet danger and difficulties with firmness. Well, the call for it had suddenly come, and there was a lack of it. None was really expected of Babson, because his money had bought, along with other services and knowledge, that commodity which was Arcross's courage. But Arcross, for the first time in his career, didn't have the required amount for sale. In an intangible way, he was cheating his customer. The native sensed this lack as he and the white man crossed the clearing. After long and intimate association, he thought he knew the hunter. But what he saw now made him, in his turn, uneasy. They passed the torn remains of the zebra and continued on toward the inevitable charge of the dying lion. I finally got so that I hate them, Charlie.
2: I've disliked them for a long time, but for almost a year I've hated them. Which, Bonner? The trophy hunters. The girls and the lords and the movie stars. The complainers about the sun and the rain and the flies. Now the game isn't really as numerous as they've been led to believe by the movies taken from airplanes. Nobody's told them that an airplane flight and a truck safari aren't the same things. Isn't that right, Charlie? For me, Bonner... I hate the tall elephant grass. The elephant grass belongs here. It grows so that gut-shot lions will have a place to hide. This lion knew all along that one day our gut shooter would stop making ladies' dresses in Chicago... and come and visit America.
4: Wana, it is the wife. Does she tell him we
2: come? That she has a great lion's love for him, yes. If she's shallow, she's scaring the jackal and the hyena away so that she can eat. You know as much about lions as anyone. Why'd you ask me?
4: I thought you had a very deep understanding of these two.
2: I was only being sarcastic about the gut shooter. Have you found sign? Mm. That way. It went into the grass beyond the highest hill. All right. Maybe from the top of it we can see what we're getting into. Nastiest stand of cover I've seen. Grass is over eight feet high. Yes, Bueno. Can't see fifteen paces into it. It'd take our friend only the time of a breath to cover that distance. And let's look for a sign. Mm. Bueno.
4: Blood. Dark and thick from deep inside. No artery cut, though.
2: He's a slow bleeder, a ruddy slow bleeder. Give me the flask, Charlie. <clears throat> <coughs> we could wait, Buena. Our friend will stiffen. Our friend will rest and lick his wounds and maybe stop the bleeding. And we'd have no sport to follow. We'll keep on going. He went in here. An old game trail. If it leads to water, we could find him there. Unless he goes to the water and comes back to wait for us. There's more blood up ahead. The wind isn't for us now, Charlie. It's coming in from every quarter. You get our scent from any direction.
4: There's a smell of rain now,
2: too. I don't catch it. You sure? It comes... Another hour, I think. If you smell up a rain, the blood spore be washed away. You smell too much. You've smelled the fear that's in me, haven't you?
4: For the first time? What is there about this lion and his wife?
2: Oh, nothing. Except a new feeling that I have. This is the last time out with a trophy hunter. There are better things to do than this. Oh, why do I do it?
4: The trophy hunters pay you much money.
2: You're an insolent beggar. Find some more for that sign. It is there, ahead where he lie down.
4: You see? His head was here and looking this way.
2: Sure. Down the back trail. Waiting for us.
4: He was running when he got up. Hey, look here. The claw signs. He's close enough that he caught our scent, got up and ran. He's not stiffened. And he's waiting again, up ahead. There's nothing else to do to wait for us and to fight, or to wait for the slower death.
2: You have a wife and children, Charlie. How are they?
4: Eat well, one. The doctor has done much to
2: stop the sickness. Where'd you see them last? Before this hunt, mm. you must want to get back to them as quickly as possible.
4: Yes, one yeah, Man, I see more sign up ahead. My mm. wife again. She's closer.
2: What direction? Where is she?
4: Oh, the wind is against us now. We
2: don't know where she is. No, Bona. Give me the flask. There's nothing to build bravery.
4: I have never seen you when you needed to ask for it. I haven't
2: either. I've never been afraid until this time. You've been to Nairobi, Charlie. It's boner. To you like it?
4: No, there was too much noise.
2: I hate the city too, but I found myself there. More of a reason to live. I mean, a, a woman said she'd be my wife. Something I've never had before. A wife is good? Not with this kind of business in the elephant grass. When you think of a wife, you don't do well with the problem of a gut shot lion.
4: It is the ancient one.
2: Where's he waiting for us, Charlie? Oh, he has many places to be. Oh, that stupid mission risk logic. Give me the big rifle. I'll carry it now. Yes, by now.
4: Keep it dry, because the rain is coming.
1: You are listening to Game Hunt. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills suspense
5: now a message from CBS radio United States savings bonds when held to maturity pay 3% interest that's guaranteed interest not subject to any gamble whatsoever in planning your savings program you should have a steady flow of United States savings bonds as part of your plan to make sure that some of your earnings will reap guaranteed dividends. Ask at your bank about the bond-a-month plan by which deductions are made automatically in whatever amount you can afford. Buy United States savings bonds. And now we bring back to
1: our Hollywood soundstage Raymond Lawrence, starring in tonight's production, Game Hunt, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense
3: the rain started to fall approximately 45 minutes after our cross and the native entered the stand of grass mr babson took refuge under a tree from where he could watch the jackal and the hyena worrying the remains of the zebra and the increasing numbers of vultures patiently awaiting their turn. He fully admitted to himself now that he'd been wrong shooting the lion the way he did. He was filled with self-incrimination at having sent two men to search out a danger that he had caused. He imagined their bodies being torn by the jackal and the hyena with the vultures waiting their turn. The center of the stand of grass was now a place of dull gray light and darker shadows and a place of sound. The beat of the rain and the gusty wind made any attempt at silence unnecessary. In a way, this was good because talk was a tension release that Arcross very much needed. you still find sight in this muck,
2: Charlie?
4: Too much, Bonner. He stayed on the old trail and his wife has been to him
2: Has been to him.
4: See? Here. He's limping on the right leg in the back.
2: Look at the size of that forepaw. He's bigger than I thought. Here are hers, going the other way again. That puts her behind us now. Mm. She's hunting us, Charlie. We'll move on ahead. I'll watch the back trail. Charge may come from there first.
4: This close, one Blood spores here again. Yeah, very close.
2: Or the rain would have washed it away, you see? Very close, Johnny. it be nice if we could see farther into this grass. We'll rest here for a while. You know why I wanted to stop, don't you? I've never seen this in you before. Nairobi fear. And I'm not ashamed to show it to you, because you're my friend and you've seen me in better times. Flask, please, Charlie. <coughs> I'm quit this business. You stop all hunting? Except for table meat. Get a city job, a nice, safe, dull job in the city where you can go home every night after work. I've been a... Ag- He's still behind us. I've been a good hunter. It's been said that I think like an animal when I'm on the stalk, that I know what the game's going to do before it's done. I've seen this with you. Not anymore. Not after Nairobi. It left me. After the woman, I thought only as a man. I've been very bad with Mr. Babson. I'm in very bad right now. The female crossed the trail. Did you see her? Yes, one. I'm going to put her out of the way. We can't have her trailing along behind. Where is she, Charlie?
4: It was close to here that she crossed. Oh, farther ahead, Warner. You see it? The small grass broken.
2: I see it now. Come on. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> if he fired it, I hope he did better than the last time. That you? Hooper? Yes. You all right? I'm fine. I got the female. Oh, bend some of the grass against the wind so that we can locate you. Oh, I, I see it. Here she is. She never did see me. She's lying with her back to me in the old game trail, looking in your direction, I guess. Yeah, waiting for us. We were stalking each other. When she got up to move to the side, I had my sights on her shoulder. As simple as that. Oh, isn't she a beauty? Yeah. Lovely. I heard it'll go well next to the males. Where is he? We've been only a few paces away from him, but we haven't seen him yet. Mr. Babson, I told you to stay out in the clearing. Why'd you come in here? Because I I felt like a coward letting you two finish a job that I'd Well, I want you to go back. You've done enough for us killing the female. I'm going to stay with you, Arcross. It was my excitement and bad shooting that caused it all. It's my responsibility more than yours. I'm staying with you. I'd call myself a coward every time I looked at my trophies if I didn't. All right. It's your privilege. But any time you feel like turning back, do it. I won't turn back. I'll be all right.
4: Bonner. Here is where we were close to him. The blood is gone, but his marks still show. They stay on the trail.
2: Not for long, I think. Well, let's find out how long. Here we are. He's off to the left. His back leg is very bad now. Now, see here, Babson. The signs of his dragging it. It wouldn't mean anything to me without being told. I feel good now, Charlie. No Nairobi. Uh, what does that mean? No Nairobi. Well, it's a vague term we sometimes use in our trade. Sort of uneasiness. Now this'll go well if we all do our jobs carefully and calmly. Do you still want to stay with us, Babson? You don't have to, you know. I shouldn't want to, I suppose, but I do. I feel good. I- I'm calm. I said a lot of bad things about you, Mr. Babson, and I thought a lot worse. I- I'm sorry. Oh. Now, this is really quite simple. We'll... Move in a line a few paces apart. You on my left, Charlie on my right. When he decides to come, he'll charge anything that moves, so freeze when he starts. Charlie and I'll draw his attention and swing his charge towards us. Well, this isn't to favor you, Babson. It's to give you a better target. I'll have him broadside you. Right. And don't move your position and keep firing until your rifle is empty. Reload and start firing again. We'll be doing the same. But he can carry a lot of steel. Right.
6: Uh, a few paces this way for me.
2: That's good. All right, Charlie. Take us to him. Yes, brother. Bueno. Charlie, uh-huh. ahead. See the tops of the grass moving against the wind? I see it. It could mean he's down and he can't get up. At any rate, we know where he is. All right, Babson. I'd like to see him. You will. Carefully now. He'll be less than 20 paces away when we first see him. Do you see him? Do you see him? Not yet. Don't fire. We want him closer. Lord. Good Lord. Hold, hold, Babson. He'll swing this way. I can't. I can't stay. Freeze, Benson, don't run. Don't run. I can't hold. I can't. I can't. Open up, Charlie. I'll try to... Stop him, one right now. Does he die? Careful, Charlie. He's dead, Warner. He doesn't look it, Charlie. You'd think he's ready to charge again, wouldn't you? He's dead. No, he isn't. Not for Mr. Babson, he isn't. Warner. Get the trophy hunter and bring him here. Load his gun with expanding ammunition. Bullets to finish the thing. To smash it. Yes, Warner. I I understand. Cross, I. I'm ashamed that I ran, but I. I, I just couldn't help it. There, there was nothing I could do. Of course there wasn't. Your first time and all. Where is he? From here. I'll show you. Right. Over there. You can just see his head. Oh, yes, I see him. He'll be ready to charge again if we let him rest. I thought you'd like the final shots. Oh, I would. Put your sights right under his ear and a bit to the front. Check the safety. Yes. Go ahead. I hit him! Again. Don't take any chances. One more. That'll do it, I think. Well, let's let's take a look at him. Congratulations, Mr. Babson. You killed your lion. But his head—he's worthless as a trophy. Yeah, which ruined. Isn't it a shame? I'm afraid it had to be this way. It's one of those things.
3: It was a gesture of contempt toward many trophy hunters the destruction of an already dead trophy. Childish, perhaps, for a man of our cross's age and experience, but it was important to him as the final act of his last hunt, something that would be told and retold when old hunters gathered in Nairobi, a retribution that would be understood by the others, a thing that should happen to all uncontrollable gut shooters. The fear that was so important a part of the situation would never be mentioned except perhaps sometime very late at night to his wife when there would be true understanding of it.
1: Suspense. In which Raymond Lawrence starred in tonight's presentation of Game Hunt. Be sure to listen again next week when we bring you another presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills Suspense. Is produced and directed in Hollywood by Anthony Ellis. Tonight's story was written by Gil Dow. The music was composed by Lucian Morowek and conducted by Wilbur
5: Hatch. Featured in the cast were Stacey Harris, Joseph Kearns, and Jack Crucian. You bring the girl on the dance floor, and we'll supply the music for a rock and roll dance party any Saturday night over most of these same stations. Starring Count Basie and Alan Freed. CBS Radio's Rock and Roll Dance Party features top-name guest stars, plus the vocals of Joe Williams with Count Basie's band, every Saturday night. And on the guest list for this Saturday, you'll find the Cordettes and Tony Bennett. Add Rock and Roll Dance Party to your weekend listening, and your heart can go dancing even if you never tap a toe. Stay tuned now for five minutes of CBS News to be followed on most of these same CBS radio stations by The Jack Carson Show. (music) America listens most to the CBS Radio Network.
1: Tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, we bring you a story of a murder and the body that couldn't be found. We call it The Lonely Heart. So now, starring Ben Wright, here is tonight's suspense play, The Lonely Heart.
6: shan't be a moment. Ah, poor dear. You'll be happier alone. Oh, so sorry to keep you waiting, sir. Quite all right. So terribly sad case, that, in the cage. Rather an odd hybrid, canary and citral. Wasn't at all happy with the others, not at all. Such hybrids are so often sterile. Tragic. Yes. How may I serve you, sir? A canary, of course. Such lovely friends they make, don't you think? <laughs> Mr. Leach? Yes? Chief Inspector Finch lives covered the yard. Oh, my.
8: I wonder if I may ask you a few questions, Mr. Leach. They concern your wife. We'd like to know what you did with her body. <laughs> rather an extraordinary little man, quite round, with an angelic face crowned by a fringe of fine white hair. He was obviously the kindest old man in the world. Unfortunately, Scotland Yard also suspected that he'd murdered his wife, Esther Leach, two years before. There had been no concrete evidence under the woman's sudden disappearance. That and accumulated testimonies and clues gathered over a period of time. I disliked intensely what I had to do, but it had been at the insistence of Commissioner Blaine that the man be brought in for questioning. And therefore there was no
6: choice but to take him down to the yard. You have no know, right, you know, no right at all, this shocking accusation, no right at all. Oh, you are not under arrest, Mr. Leach. But you're quite wrong. I, I mean, it's absolutely absurd, this accusation. Uh, although I suppose it can't do any harm answering questions, can it? Ah, that's quite right. And Mr. Leach, um, two
8: years ago, your wife, Esther Leach, disappeared. Yes. Uh, she
6: left in her will an amount of money. I believe it was, um, 2,000 pounds. Yes, but it's not been proved that she is dead. I have not collected one farthing. You were aware of the terms of the will, of course, as she was aware of the terms of mine. Uh-huh. Where did you meet your wife, Through a a club, as it were. Souls in distress. They advertise, you know, but a perfectly
8: respectable... Oh, I'm sure of it. Uh,
7: hmm. Uh,
8: Mr. Leach, several of your neighbors have testified that on the last night that Esther Leach was seen
6: alive, a violent quarrel took place at your home. Nothing of the sort. I deny it. I I deny it. A lover's quarrel, perhaps, but violent. Oh, no.
8: Ah. At the inquest, uh, you stated that she left the following morning to take a, a holiday?
6: Exactly. Esther was a strong-willed woman. She felt that we needed to be apart for a few days in order to uh, uh, replenish our soul. Ah, uh-huh. and she didn't tell you
8: where she was going? No. And yet for three months, you didn't feel it necessary to notify
6: the police when she didn't return? No, we were adults. Her need to stray from my side was understandable. Be, uh, wrote to you from time to time. Oh, you have those letters, of course. Though. They were penny postcards, and I destroyed them. When I realised she deserted me, I, I had no wish to commune with the past. Where were the cards posted from? Oh, a great many places. Esther was a wanderer. Oh, Plymouth, Torquay, Bournemouth, oh, great many places. She never gave an address. Oh. Uh, your, your nephew Richard Cade stated that following your wife's departure, you showed little interest in her whereabouts and still less after the inquiry. Esther's nephew knows nothing whatsoever about anything. I'm sure Esther is alive and well, happier without me. I see. Now, tell me, Mr. Leach, uh, did your wife
8: own your shop and the flat above before your marriage? We were a partnership. Before you married? She owned it. Well, I think that will be
6: all for the present, unless you have anything to add. Nothing, Inspector. Nothing at all, except, well, that I am shocked to think that you suspect me of doing an injury to my wife. Good morning, sir.
8: Here, eventually. I took Adensoll off the case because he wasn't making progress. Now you tell me that I made the mistake. Well, you ask me, sir. All right. What would you have done? Well, I would have gone on where Adensoll left off. Kept a watch on Leach, but not let him know that we suspected him.
6: Blast it, man. We've got to do something. If the man's a murderer, he's been laughing
8: at us for two years. Well, I'll do what I can, Commissioner. I want the body found. That's what I want. And I want Leach. Well, if he's our man, sir, you'll get him. What do you mean,
6: if he's our man?
8: Well, as I told you, sir, he he didn't admit to the charge, so until I can obtain the necessary proof, there's always a slight chance that he did not kill his wife. Nonsense. The man's guilty. You want me to arrest him? You know we can't do that. Insufficient evidence. Exactly, sir. (sighs) I'm sorry. You're right. I'm not myself today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Liberish. <laughs> oh, as I know, sir. I feel just about the same. I had bloaters for breakfast.
7: <laughs>
8: it was a nasty case. There was no doubt of that. And putting the suspect on guard had made it even more difficult. I went through Inspector Adensel's report and noted one point which seemed to stand out. The nephew, Richard Cade, had been very insistent in his belief that his aunt had no intention of going away. Well, it was most unlike her to do so. I decided to pay a call on the gentleman. He owned a garage in the old
9: Kent Road. Bob, when you're finished with that job, take care of the blue Daimler, will you? All and wash, right?
8: I beg your pardon. Can you tell me where I can find Mister Cade? That's me, chum. Oh. Chief Inspector Finchley of Scotland Yard.
9: Oh, what again? Look here, one of your blokes has been nosing around asking questions for two years now. I know. Now, what's the matter? They give him the sack? Not exactly, sir. Oh, should have done. Don't notice my aunt is turned up.
8: Now, that's why I'm here, Mr. Cade. You suggested that it was doubtful that Mrs. Leach would have taken a trip under any circumstances.
9: That's what I kept telling them. Of course they didn't listen. Now, why do you say that? Look, I knew auntie before she married that article swine leech. She wouldn't take a step out of London. Said she was born here and would die here. Oh, well, she might have changed her mind. Oh, not auntie. Not her. <laughs> Stubborn old bleeder auntie was. Was, Mr. cage Well, what do you think? Oh, come on, come on. You know as well as me that Mr. Stanley Leech did her in. Him and that girl it is. Have you seen her? Works in toys at Selfridges. Oh, really? Oh, you've got a surprise coming. You have. Ada Willis. Ada's quite a piece of good. Of course, I don't know as I blame him, Auntie. He did have a face like a Hewitt pudding. Still... Still, it's no reason to murder her. Well, that's going a bit far, isn't it? A bit, Mr. Cade, yes. Well, I'm sorry to have taken up your time. All right. I hope you do better than the other one. I'd like to know that poor old Auntie's not floating about. It doesn't seem right somehow. Your anxiety does you credit, Mr. Cade.
8: Well, I'll let you know what happens. Thank you so much. Now, this was something that had not been in Adams's report A girl, Ada Willis That piece of information from the morning nephew I hoped would bring us a step closer to the murderer So I went to Selfridges and to the toy department It was early afternoon and the floor wasn't crowded A girl at the McCarno counter pointed out Ada Willis to me she was winding a tiny mechanical doll when I saw her. And I remember how extraordinarily beautiful her hands were. Miss Willis was not quite what I had expected.
10: Good afternoon, sir.
8: Oh, I'd like to see one of those dolls.
10: Uh how does it work? I'll show you, sir. <laughs> oh,
8: no, how much are you?
10: Two and six.
8: Well, I'll have one for you. Uh, no, the uh, the policeman there, etc. such a happy little chap.
10: He's my favorite, too.
8: Oh, you like policemen?
10: I don't know, Just one? I never thought about it, really.
8: Hmm. I'm a policeman. Oh. I should have said that when I first talked to you. Why? Because I'm here on official business.
10: Oh, now I understand.
8: Hmm. May I ask you some questions, or would you rather wait until you get out? They concern Stanley Leach.
10: I'm not allowed to chat with customers, but You're hardly that, are you? No. No, My name is Finchley. Chief Inspector Finchley. I know. Stanley phoned me. Oh, did he? He said you might find out about me and wanted to warn me.
8: Do you know why?
10: Yes. You think he murdered his wife?
8: Oh, he told you about that?
10: Oh, yes, some time ago. And I expect you believe that I had something to do with it, too. Did you? No. No.
8: Is Mr. Leach planning to marry you?
10: Yes. May and December. Rather funny, isn't it?
8: Are you going to marry him?
10: If I have to.
8: If you have to?
10: Yes. Unless I can find out what I want before that happens. Well,
8: I... I'm not sure that i follow you.
10: You suspect that Stanley killed his wife. Well, I know that he did, and I'll marry him if I have to to prove it.
8: What makes you so certain about Leach?
10: Because if she'd gone away as he said she did, she would have written to me. Is that all? And she would have come back. Nothing could have made her stay away. How do you know? I'm afraid I can't tell you.
8: Don't you know that if this is to lead to an arrest, I'll have to find out?
10: I suppose so. But at the moment, I can do more than you can.
8: Even if you have to marry him?
10: Even that...
8: During the next week, I went over every piece of information which had been gathered in the two years following Leecher's
7: disappearance. Alice and
8: I questioned everybody, friends, tradespeople. The answers were uniformly similar. They all said, or didn't say, the same thing. Each one suspected, swore, or made direct accusation, but not one could offer a shred of proof. Well, I finally came to the next-door neighbor, who claimed to have heard signs of a violent quarrel between the leeches. He was a middle-aged man who lived alone, and he had the appearance of a witness who would not be prone to exaggeration or malicious gossip. I don't know, as I can tell you, Inspector. It's two years ago now, and I gave my evidence to that other chap first had cell, wasn't it? Yes, that's right, Mr. Palmer. Still, if you don't mind, I should like you to refresh your memory. Do me best. Now, in your testimony, you stated that the only phrase you were able to hear clearly was, I won't have it in the house. Is that correct? That's right. Leach kept saying it over and over. (gasps) But how long would you say the argument kept up? I don't know. Half, three quarters of an hour. Uh, I mind my own business, Inspector. Well, in this instance, Mr. Palmer, I'm rather sorry that you did. Tell me, uh, did you know Mrs. Leach very well before she married? We'd have a word or two. A nice woman, I'd say. A bit sentimental. I suppose that came of loneliness. But would you say that until the time you heard the quarrel, they were uh, happy together? Yes, yes, I'd say that. Uh, Mind you now, I didn't like him from first. There was something... Uh, Yes, I understand. Well, now, Mr. Palmer, please think very carefully before you answer. Did anything, anything at all, out of the ordinary, take place next door after Mrs. Leach was missing? Either something you may have seen in the shop or heard from the flat, or in the garden, possibly. I'm not quite sure what would be out of the ordinary. Well, digging at night or hammering, unusual amounts of smoke from the chimney... Anything? No, no, I don't think so. All right. Did you ever meet Mrs. Leach's nephew, Richard Cade? Youngish chap, single-looking? That would be a fairly accurate description. Once. He visited her now and again. After she married? and before. She never spoke
6: about him, to you?
8: No. Not except that once when she introduced us.
6: Uh-huh.
8: What about the young woman, Mr. Leach, sees... Yes, yes, that's all. Can't make her a tape of it. Does she come here often? I couldn't say. A few times, though, she's been to the shop. When did the visit start? Mm. First time I saw her was about a month ago.
7: Oh. I see. Thank you, Mr. Palmer.
8: I said I haven't in much help. I'll show you to the door. Thank you. Hello?
9: What's that? Carrots. Leach keeps it upstairs in the flat. It used to belong to her. Oh,
8: just a moment. That reminds me of something. What? It must have been a week or so after Missus Leach had gone. I remember it about ten o'clock. The parrot screamed
9: like that, and about two minutes later, Leach knocked on the door. He burnt his finger. Uh, wanted something to put on it. Was it a bad
8: burn, Mister Palmer? Quite nasty. Mm-hmm. Could it have been caused by, uh... Acid, sir? I don't know. Is that different? to a doctor, yes. He said he'd burnt it on the stove. But he must have kept his finger there for a long time to get it to look like that. It didn't seem important enough to tell the police, though, and, uh... I forgot. Ah, that's exactly what I meant, Mr. Palmer. Thank you very much indeed. (laughs) At Scotland Yard, we're in possession of several known facts concerning murder in the British Isles. We know, for instance, that approximately 140 murders will take place during a year and some 35 of these will occur in London. We also know that a great number of these crimes will be solved within hours. Others, of course, take longer according to the difficulties encountered by the scientific laboratory. In this case, however, we were faced with the problem of few, if any, physical clues. The missing body is an outstanding example. But this fact, too, with the knowledge we now had, worked to an advantage. In Britain, the murderer's chief disadvantage lies in getting rid of the body. In the confines of this island, it poses a tremendous problem. Now, with this in mind, I assigned Harris a task, which I hoped would, in a few hours, lead us to the body of Mrs. Stanley Leach. For I knew now, without a doubt, that she was dead. Then I obtained the home address of Miss Ada Willis and went there. Good evening, Miss Willis. May I come in for a moment?
10: I'm going out in a little while.
8: Well, I shan't keep you long.
10: Won't you sit down?
8: Thank you. Miss Willis, I want you to tell me the truth. What is it that you know about Mrs. Leach? Why are you so positive that she was murdered?
10: I won't tell you.
8: Because you're afraid? No.
7: That's
8: a lovely portrait. Uh, Is this your baby?
10: No, uh, a nephew.
8: Oh, quite a resemblance. My sister. You haven't got a sister, nor a brother. You're unmarried.
10: I've got to go out now.
8: An appointment with Stanley Leach?
10: Perhaps. Please.
8: I think that you'd better tell me everything, Miss Willis. You see, we know a good deal already. It'll make it much easier, I think. Uh. Although the information I received from Ada Willis was nearly enough, I made no arrest that evening. As a matter of fact, four more days to locate the body, and only then were we ready to proceed. With the evidence at hand, I called the principal witnesses and the murderer to the yard. Now, this was not done for the sake of a dramatic accusation, but rather with the hope that, confronted by absolute proof, the killer would make a confession, thereby saving the crown a considerable amount of money. Ready, sir? All right, Harris, bring him in. Come in, please. Uh, Mr. Leach, will you sit here, please? Miss Willis here. Mr. Kate over here. Thank you. And Mr. Palmer. Thank you. Thank you. Now, to begin with, Mr. Leach, we know that your wife is dead. Oh, Oh, my. Due to the circumstances surrounding her disappearance, certain accusations have been leveled against you.
6: I know. Unkind, terrible
8: accusations.
6: Mr. Cade,
8: you stated that your aunt would never have taken a trip away from London.
9: What? Auntie hated to travel. Never did. Oh,
8: but you're mistaken. She did. She did go. Very well. Now, Mr. Palmer, you testified that you had a quarrel, that the words were not distinguishable except for one phrase... I won't have it in the house. That's what he said over and over again. Mr. Leach, would you care to tell me what it referred to? I I don't quite remember, but... Could it have been a baby? A baby that Mrs. Leach was planning to adopt? Oh, good heavens, no. Miss Willis, you said that had Mrs. Leach gone away, she would have written and must certainly return.
10: Yes. I had a baby three years ago. It was sent to an orphanage. Mrs. Leach was going to adopt it since I couldn't take him back myself. Ada. Ada, you didn't tell me. Go on, Miss Willis. I was working at Selfridges. Mrs. Leach shopped there quite often. We became friendly. I told her about the baby. She never had one of her own. After she married Mr. Leach, she decided to adopt mine.
8: Did you tell him about the idea?
10: No. Not until she made arrangements at the orphanage... That's when she told him, the night before...
6: The night before your wife took her trip, Mr. Leach. Oh, all right. That's why we quarreled, I admit that. But she said she was going away to give me time to think things over. Mr. Palmer, you said
8: that a week later, Mr. Leach came over one evening and asked for help. He had a burn on his finger. Yes, it was an acid burn, Mr. Leach wasn't. No, 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 I burnt it on the stove. Really? Well, that brings us to the unfortunate woman's body... Sergeant Harris, would you ask Mr. Heath to come in, please? Mr. Heath, please. Mr. Heath, do you recognize any one of the persons seated here? Um, That gentleman. Mr. Leach? Yes. Will you tell what you know, please? Uh, Near as I remember, about a year and ten months ago... He asked me if I'd be interested in buying something for the studio. You had done business with him before? Oh, yes. Uh, When he was in the uh, taxidermist business, we used to purchase animals and such like. Oh, your uh, studio is a film company. That's right. I'm in property department. Yeah, go on. Well, Mr. Leach said he'd acquired a nice uh, skeleton specimen. Oh, no! Just a minute, Mr.
9: Cain! That's all right, Harris.
8: Let him go. Now, Mr. Heath, you bought the skeleton? Yes, uh, I have the bill of sale. Well, Mr. Leach? You don't you 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 couldn't think that the I... dental work in the skull was identified. It was Mrs. Leach. Yesterday your workroom was examined, wire and other substances were found, and exactly matched the materials used in the skeleton. I I'm not well. I shall ask to be excused. You married her for her money. So when she proposed the adoption, you realized that if she died, you would not receive the entire estate. You quarreled, and in a fit of anger, you struck
6: her. I didn't mean to kill her. It was an accident. It was. She was a good woman, and I I, I didn't. Stanley Leach, you are not obliged to say
8: anything unless you
6: wish to do so. But
8: whatever you say will be taken down in writing and may be given in evidence. Take him away, (laughs) Harris. The discovery of the skeleton involved a city-wide search, and had been based on the knowledge we possessed of Stanley Leach's background. Although the disposal of the body was bizarre, it very nearly accomplished the impossible for the murderer, a perfect murder. What does not appear on the Scotland Yard record is the fact that Ada Willis was married a few weeks ago, and her baby is once again with her.
1: which Ben Wright starred in tonight's presentation of The Lonely Heart.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale.